Welcome to episode 9 of the Ilkley Lockdown podcast. I'm Ian Smith. In each episode, I'll be talking to a different person from in or around Ilkley, asking them about how the COVID-19 crisis has changed the world for them and finding out how they're dealing with the challenges that it has brought. In this episode, I talk to Dr Caroline Raymond. Caroline is a GP and a member of the Ilkley Coronavirus Response Group. She tells me how the current crisis has changed the way that she helps her patients and shares some great tips on how best to engage with your GP when you're unable to visit him or her in person. Here's my conversation with Caroline. So Caroline, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. So I always start off with the two simple questions just to get things started. So for the benefit of the listeners of the podcast, uh, who are you and what do you do? Okay, so my name is Caroline Raymond and I'm a GP at Grange Park Surgery in Berlin Wolfdale. Um, I live in Ilkley and have lived here since 2001. And it's a very lovely place for somebody born in Lancashire to eventually end up. <laughs> do, you, do you need a passport? Um, <laughs> I think at times you, you feel it could be like that, but Ilkley is very friendly. <laughs> it is, isn't it? And I have two children who've been born since we lived here and they're very proud of their Yorkshire roots. Oh, brilliant. So... Obviously, since the middle of March, when the coronavirus lockdown started, things have been very different. How have things changed for you in that time? It's really hard to explain quite how much my day-to-day life is is different. Mm -hmm. Certainly as a GP, most people are very familiar with going to the doctors. You ring, you get an appointment. You sometimes speak to somebody on the phone, um, but usually most of it is carried out face-to-face. So you wait at the waiting room, you go in and see your doctor and, and, and then you go to the chemist and pick up your medication or, or whatever. And all that overnight, we were told, had to change. So we went from probably speaking to about 15 to 20% of our patients on the phone to suddenly having to deal with 98% of people virtually. Wow. And that's quite hard. So um, it's hard for the patients because they're not used to it. But it's also hard for us trying to do telephone consultations when previously, if you weren't sure about something, the default option was, well, we'll pop down and we'll have a look. But being told you can't see patients face to face um, really makes you think out of the box. And I think my telephone consulting has got better and much better at getting descriptions of symptoms from people over the phone when there's no other option. Technologies change, so we use things that we've never used before. We now use um, video consultations. Mm. We have ways that you can text a photograph um, or email into your doctor, and it's it's amazing. It's transformed how we've done things. So I'm sure by the end of this, things won't go back to the way they were before. Well, you hear a lot of talk of the new normal, don't you? I think uh, some things will certainly be different, won't they? Absolutely. Amid all of the the changes, I mean, you've kind of referred to learning more about video consultations and what useful tips do you have that you'd like to share for kind of how people might engage with their GPs? So I think the the main thing is I suppose to have a clear message of what you want to tell your doctor. So we no longer have things like verbal cues from face-to-face patients. So yeah. you know normally I'd call somebody out the way to room and I'd see how they walk when they walked into my surgery if I know them really well. I'd see whether they you know, jumped up with a bounce on their step or were looking really sad that day. And you learn so much just from watching people. Yeah. And all of that's gone. 
so often I shut my eyes when I'm speaking to people on the phone because it makes me concentrate a lot more. So I think having a clear message that you want to tell your doctor is really important. And also, I suppose, just being up for anything. So <laughs> I've tried to get people to describe things to me. And sometimes I have to get them to examine it and explain in real clear detail for me the information I want to know, which might hmm. not normally be something that they would immediately say. So a rash, you know, can they feel it? Is it bumpy? Is it is it rough? Does it look the same colour as your skin? Is it different? Um, color. So all these questions that we ask are really useful in letting us know what we think the problem is and then treating it. Um, so I think just understanding that we're all working in a new normal and we're trying to get around the system as much as possible. The other thing I wanted to say really is that primary care is still there. We're all still working all the days we normally would have been working. Mm. We've been open all the bank holidays apart from today and we are there to provide healthcare for anybody who needs it. So people shouldn't sit at home and worry about symptoms. They should ring us. Um, there are some things we can't do. So we can't refer to hospital for routine tests, yeah. can't refer in for routine appointments, but we can refer people if we think they've got cancer. We can see anybody for urgent conditions and we can deal with most routine things on the on the phone. So we're still here to help. And I think that's really important. Well, that's amazing. I mean, I, I guess I, I hadn't really considered that, but I suppose a lot of people have been thinking, oh, you know, I shouldn't talk to doctors except for <laughs> unless I think I've got coronavirus. But I guess the rest of life is going on, isn't it? It is. And we're spending a lot of time trying to help people who've got chronic medical conditions. If you've got diabetes, high blood pressure, you've had a stroke, you may already have a condition where you're receiving palliative care. All those things still need to happen. And it's just we have to deliver that care in a different way. So most people we speak to don't have coronavirus. They have all the other medical problems that people are still getting. So it's, it's important that people realise that. So what's the biggest thing you've learned from this whole crisis as it's been going on? So I think two things, really, if I'm allowed to say two things. You are, you are. <laughs> okay. So one is be brave embracing difference. So for me, that's difference in how I'm working, but just, just doing things differently. So things that maybe a few months ago people would have suggested and, and lots of people would have said, oh, gosh, no, we can't do that. There's a reason you can't possibly do that or it will take too long for that to happen. Everything has changed overnight. So we've embraced new differences, whether that's working from home, contacting people in a different way, how you keep in touch with friends and family. Everything is new. And so just embracing those new opportunities out there. Somebody said to me, it's about trying to make lemonade out of lemons. And I think <laughs> you, you have to look at it like that. Otherwise, you could just spiral into despair. And it's important that we don't do that. So that's been a real key. And the other thing I think I've learned is I've, I've had the privilege of working with the Ilkley Corona Response Group during this time. And I've had a lot of interest in community medicine over the years. And we know that probably 60, 70% of things that people attend their doctors with are not really what we would call traditional medical problems. Right. So for example, high blood pressure or diabetes a lot of things that make people not feel well are to, do, are to do with things in their life. So their children's schooling, their education, their employment, their housing, and all those things that the community really needs to address. So the Ilkley Corona response has been such a privilege to be part of because the whole community 
from the local town council, the local MP, local teachers, myself representing health, and all the voluntary sector, a huge variety of people have come together to address how we can help the community in this time of need. And that's been such a privilege to work with and um, an amazing thing to be part of. So that community response. And also I've seen it happen just from a personal level. So I'm now in a WhatsApp group with my whole road, which I've never been in before. When there's the Thursday evening clap, we all come out of our houses or hang from our windows. So you see people every single week. And in the past, we've always been too busy to do that. And I think that's a really positive thing that I'd like to see go forward, really. Yeah, that's been wonderful. And and one theme that has always gone through all of these conversations that I've been having is the the sense of community that Ilkley has. And that's, I think, because the outward manifestations of it have kind of gone away because you can't have a May Day parade and all that, all of those kind of things. But you can see that there's that that's maybe the tip of the iceberg and there's actually a really solid thing behind it, which is wonderful. Yeah, I agree with that. So obviously there have been a ton of changes, I suppose, in your field, but also in the whole world during uh, the coronavirus lockdown. What do you hope will continue afterwards? So uh, um, I guess that sense of looking out for one another, yeah. I feel has really been prevalent. Um, and more so than than it has been noticeable in the past. And also a lot of people I'm speaking to have found that the pace of life has reduced a bit. Yeah. Not necessarily my family. My husband and I are both still working and we're really busy, but I'm no longer being a taxi service to my children, (laughs) no longer trying to fit in various things every evening and juggle between us. So in some ways, it's quite nice not having a completely empty calendar in front of us, but having a, it would be nice to have a, a more reduced one when we go back to normality mm. and maybe just focusing on the things that are really important to us. And and I think we all have quite a stressful life in the 21st century. Yes, for sure. And it's really good to take a step back and think about what things are important going forward. So the sort of general peace and quiet, less traffic around, less people being crazy busy. Think things like that. I'd like to continue. Yeah, totally behind that. That's a great hope. We've all kind of given things up or cancelled plans um, because of the, the 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 lockdown. When things become more relaxed, and I realise this is a, a staged process, but when things become more relaxed, what's the first thing you're planning to do when you can? What's the thing you miss and you think I'm going to go and do that straight away as soon as it's possible? Um, I think there's two answers to that. So the first thing is the missing missing things that we'd have planned. So um, this year was meant to be a really exciting year for us and our family. So I had my eldest child was taking her A-levels and my youngest child was taking his GCSEs. And that's been really hard for them. They've both had their exams pulled and feel like their futures are out of their hands. And, and, and that's been difficult. And because of that, we'd planned to take we'd booked some extra time off from work so when the children finished their exams we were going to um visit Canada and visit some family for a few weeks and then my daughter was going interrailing and on a gap year to Tanzania so a lot of things have been taken away really Mm. and in perspective those things aren't really important when people are, are dying and suffering serious health issues but they are hard, especially when you're a teenager. Yeah. And so that's been quite difficult supporting our kids through that. 
the things I'm desperate for, um, again, I'm going to cheat and have two answers. <laughs> so one, one is to go and hug my mum. So it's been really difficult going to deliver her food every week yeah. and being a couple of metres away and not being able to go and give her a hug. Yeah. Um, and the second one is to get my hair cut. I'm desperately, desperately <laughs> missing being able to get a haircut. So, yeah, those are those are my two things, really. Yeah, so I'm slowly disappearing beneath my hair. So <laughs> all that remains is for me to say thank you very much indeed for taking the time to be on the podcast. And uh, I really appreciate it. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks again to Caroline for an interesting conversation and some really useful advice. Look in the notes for this episode to find more information about some of what we discussed. In our next episode, I'll be talking to a teacher from Ilkley Grammar School who will be talking to me about the huge changes that have been hitting our schools and sharing his own coronavirus story. The best way not to miss out on this and future episodes is to download the Apple or Google Podcasts app on your phone, search for Ilkley Lockdown and hit the subscribe button. Alternatively, if you're a Spotify user, you can subscribe to us on there too. Bye for now. <laughs>